The title of today's episode made it all the way from a hip-hop song. Shout out to Moneybags Yo is the guy's name. To Ari Melber, who is wont to quote hip-hop lyrics in his openings and closings on his new show. Big fan of Ari. And to your listening ears, my brothers and sisters, today we're going to talk about the hate being real and the love being fake. We'll get into that in just a few seconds. So today I'd like to start this episode with a scripture. This is Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. And it says, and because iniquity shall abound, this is Jesus speaking. He says, the love of many shall wax cold. And this is altogether true, of course. And um, when we talk about the subject of the hate being real and the love being fake, uh, this scripture comes to mind. And I'd like you to keep this in the back of your head, because, of course, we being the light of the world, a lot of that light has to do with the love we show. So we're going to be talking about that today. So this episode is going to be divided into two parts. Um, first, we'll talk about the hate and avoid and how we avoid rather being a hater. <laughs> and then second, we're going to deal with why the love seems fake and how to give love. And there's no such thing, really. I'm going to spoil this at the beginning. There's really no such thing as fake love. There are things that are uh, cheap knockoffs of love, but that's not love. And it's not it's not fake love. It's just not love. Um I mean, and I guess everything that is fake is like that. It's not that you have a fake Gucci bag. <laughs> you just don't have a real Gucci bag. You have something else that's just donning the name. So let's get into it. So we've talked before uh, the second episode, I believe, about being a hater and about how we become cynical. And so in today's episode, we're going to pick that thread up just a little bit, because, of course, we don't ever want to be a hater. We don't want to ever occupy the seat of the scornful in that way. So. Um, the hate sometimes you see online, it is not, you know, people being overly misogynistic, racist. Uh, you definitely have that and, you know, help us Jesus. But a lot of the times it is veiled as some type of reminder or reality check. And so we don't want to be that kind of hater either. We want to avoid that altogether. And the solution I have come up with is to be secure in who you are and what your values are. And I'm going to say that one more time. It is to be secure in who you are and what your values are. It also helps to just be confident in what you're doing here. And what I mean by what you're doing here, I do mean like on social media, on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you are. Or just let's say it's not online. Let's say you're in person and someone is just, you know, they just love poking you. They just love messing with you and you're, you know, at college, let's say you're an older person and you've been going back to school and, you know, there are some younger people looking over at you and they're like, oh, she or he look like look a little old to be here. Listen, those people ain't paying your bills. They don't know what your dreams and aspirations are. Be confident in who you are and what you're doing here. So I want to give you an example. <laughs> this happened to me uh, recently and I thought it was funny. And so this is an example of uh, just security, I think. And this is how we can avoid not so much being a hater. Uh, I'll talk about that in just uh, one second. Uh, I've already kind of dealt with it, but we'll talk about how to kind of avoid it. And I don't want to say ignore it. Like my solution was not to ignore it. I feel like a lot of people say just ignore it, just ignore it, just ignore it. And you can and you should. But really, it should be something that you can ignore and not something that you feel like you have to fight to ignore at every hand. Like if you're chomping at the bit to like you know say something back to clap back at someone because you know they're always saying something if that's your 
number one impulse always, then you have to really just get some peace. And we'll talk about that in a minute as well. But let me give you this example of how I dealt with this guy. And hopefully this can help someone. So there was a meme on Facebook. And uh, remember, I said a part of it is to know what you're doing here on Facebook. I'm really there for the memes. I'm there to you know, keep up with people. I want to know that my classmates are uh, getting married and having babies and graduating and buying homes because I love to see it. We love to see it. And I love to do the, you know, the heart reaction to those sort of things. But I'm also there to laugh. Like I love to laugh. I'm there for the memes and it's a good time. So there was a meme I ran across. It was suggested to me by Facebook's algorithm because it's ever seeing and watching and listening. And uh, (laughs) the example is that, and this comes from a guy named Mike Wells. Uh, He tweeted it at some point. It says, this morning I spent $41 at breakfast. I got an Egg McMuffin, a coffee, and a $35 overdraft fee. (laughs) So this is what Mike says. And, I mean, the comments just, I mean, we we all just were just having a good time in the comments. LOL, laughing emoji. uh, Because, you know, many of us have been there who have been irresponsible at some point. uh, Young slash irresponsible where you're just spending away whatever the case may be. So, there was a guy in the comments, you all, he said, um, you know, it's pretty, and he, this guy did not have any malice because there was, there's another character uh, that's going to enter stage left in a minute, but you know, there was no malice. He was just like, listen, I used to work at a bank. Uh, I'm surprised because, you know, from my experience, the guy was saying it's very, very difficult to get hit with the overdraft fee these days. Now, you know, I'm not sure if these days was what we were all talking about. The comments that I read, certainly what I was talking about, but You know, I was like, cool, cool. And I responded basically saying, well, listen, you know, I hear you. But on a three day weekend, you know, when all the banks is closed, you might get that charge on Tuesday where all the charges from Friday night to Monday night just hit on one time. And I put in a I put a laughing emoji at the end of it because I saw what he was saying. I wasn't trying to say that he was wrong. I was just trying to keep the spirit of the Jess, which is. Yo, it do be like that sometimes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so here's where this uh, there, here's where this hater entered. And he's not really, he, again, he wasn't being super, like, hateful at all. Like, I don't want to, you know, charge that to him. But he says, um, and I'm, I'm quoting right now, or almost quoting. He says, that's just an excuse. You have, or you should have, rather, deducted that from your balance regardless. So he tags me or he responds to my comment, which I obviously automatically tags me for those who are uh, who knows how Facebook works. So it says, you know, Carl, you know, that's just an excuse. You should have deducted that from your balance regardless. So, you know, I had time today. So (laughs) I came back to him and said, yo, first of all, like, relax. okay, relax, professor. No one's making excuses. And so what I told him was this is a joke. Many people here are joking about the time it happened. I mentioned the time it happened to me because that's exactly how it happened to me, y'all. It was a couple times when I was uh, when I was younger. And to be honest with you, I wasn't super young. I was like 24. And it was just a three-day weekend. I was just swiping, 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 and just boom, $35 uh, overdraft fee hit me. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> but I told him, like, yo, relax. I was just responding to the guy, telling him a situation that could happen. Who made any excuse? You know, the original poster did not make an excuse. Um, No one that I read was making an excuse. And it just felt like this guy came up here to ruin or to rain on this parade. And here's where we get to avoid being a hater. I feel like 
his value system was either ignored or in, you know, to be more particular, we were celebrating something probably against his value system. And he wasn't the only one, but, you know, he was the one responding to me. So that's why I'm talking about it. He probably is very frugal. He probably is very, you know, type A. He probably pays attention to every little cent and every little dollar that goes in and out of his checking account. Perhaps he was raised to be very vigilant like that and to always look and to never and all that good stuff. And I understand that. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing. But here's how you avoid being a hater. Just because you're right doesn't need doesn't mean that you have to be angry with people who are celebrating their wrongness. <laughs> and you might say, Carl, what are you talking about? This is a Christian podcast. I don't I don't understand you. Well, what I mean to say is we were all up here talking about times where we were irresponsible. No one said that they were being responsible and that it was the bank's fault. We were just <laughs> commiserating slash laughing about how, yo, those were good, crazy times, like where you just bought a $35, $40 breakfast because you couldn't afford the $5 sandwich. And no one said, you know, you know, the bank is terrible, you know, society. No one was blaming anyone. We were all just laughing about it be like that sometimes. So in short, I think that this guy felt pricked about it. I felt like maybe he wasn't happy that people were doing that. But my thing is like, listen, go to another post where they're very serious because <laughs> we're here joking. And here's where we avoid being a hater. And I want you to pay close attention to this because this is the point here. The Bible never calls you to be angry at anybody. Okay. And I don't think he was angry with me, but I think perhaps he was a little bothered by the fact that this was here and perhaps he saw someone in the comment. Maybe somebody did make an excuse, but going along with the post, the original poster, what we call the OP <laughs> in Internet language, I think still because <laughs> I'm old now, but the OP never made any excuse. This is this is not that kind of party. And I would say getting off this example, um, you know, just to talk about what we're talking about, which is avoid being a hater. Do not get angry with people who are even celebrating something that is opposite of what you like to celebrate. And I want to take this opportunity to hear. I want to take this opportunity here to talk about things that are incongruent with the Christian faith. So LGBTQ abortion, all these other things. If you see somebody who is celebratory of those things, don't get mad at it. I want all the Christians to pay close attention here real, real quick. You are not called to be angry. You ain't supposed to be mad with folk and mad at groups of people and whole communities and parts of society because they choose to celebrate something that you find is wrong. Something is wrong with that. And you got to get that together because now you are going to be a hater, even though you would say, oh, I'm not a hater. You know, ain't nothing wrong with it, because anger has taken root at something. And eventually you're going to find a person who's connected to that something. Let me give you an example. There are people right now who will tell you they will swear up and down that they are not racist. They love they love everybody, blah, blah, blah. But I guarantee you that they if they are mad at immigrants because immigrants are taking our jobs or immigrants do this because they bought into some Tucker Carlson like, you know, thing on Fox News, they are racist because they've been angry so long that that anger turns into bitterness. And Hebrew says that that bitterness corrupts and defiles rather. And so now 
You think you're not angry. You think you're not racist. But the anger that you hold is causing you to be something that you you didn't want to be. And so it's so very important for us not to be angry. If we're going to avoid being a hater, the only way to do so is to let go of anger. And so really, that's what we're talking about right here. Let go of that anger. My former pastor, Bishop Forbes, and I guess I'll leave it right here. He used to say all the time that he loved everybody. There wasn't nothing anyone could do about it. But he said this also, and it's one of my favorite quotes. I love everybody. I am mad with nobody. So just to recap, we talked about a solution uh, a few minutes ago, the solution being, uh, in my opinion, to be secure. But as you've heard, the real solution uh, is those two things, which is to be secure and also to not get angry. And you might say, well, it's impossible to not get angry or impossible to never get angry. And you are correct. But here's where these two work hand in hand. And by the way, they work both for avoiding being a hater and to deal with haters. They work hand in hand because if you are secure, it's going to lessen the frequency of you getting angry for just people being different than you. Because in my opinion, a lot of that is insecurity. People are laughing about, you know, being irresponsible. The guy who commented probably has a very real value system for responsible people. Perhaps he has been burned and is tired of irresponsible people. But if you are secure in who you are and what you're doing here, then I think it'll be easier for you to realize, okay, they're just laughing there. Nobody's making excuses. This is not the post for me. And I would say this is in real life, too. If you're at the mall and you see some kids who are just being loud and, you know, obnoxious as, you know, kids be doing at the mall or at least they used to. You don't have to wear their parents. I'm calling the cops. Mind your business. Let them be kids. Remember that they're just here having fun. And if they're not hurting nobody and, you know, if it's loud in this place in general and they're just a little louder because they're kids, you can kind of let that go and just understand that you're here for what you're here for. Go get that and then leave. (laughs) And I don't know why that came to mind, but I'm trying to help somebody. Right. (laughs) Don't be a Karen. You know what I'm saying? If you're (laughs) and I'm I'm not trying to be incendiary, but seriously, if you're at a store and people are doing things or they are working in a way that you just it doesn't gel with you. You don't have to call the manager for that. You could just kind of get your stuff and leave. And guess what? It will lead to you being a happier person because by the time the manager get there and now you file in a formal complaint, you are mad now. You understand? You could be happier if you just would have let it go. So I want you to understand how those two things coincide. So it is be secure and also let go of anger. You can't completely avoid anger, my brothers and sisters, but do not hold on to it. It will make you a hater. Don't be so angry at policies and procedures, you know, when it comes to politics or anything like that, because it will lead to more unrighteousness. Let it go. Let it go. So let's talk about the love. My favorite part, right? One of the things we're dealing with in today's day and age is that we're dealing with what I call a pandemic of niceness and virtue signaling. And you all know what I think if you've been a longtime listener, you you know what I think about niceness. I think it's way overrated. I think people are nice as opposed to kind way too often. And I would just say we need to be more kind. We need to be more loving and we need to place our intentionality and our focus there rather than on niceness. But I really want to talk about the virtue signaling because you see this a lot in the political sphere. You see this a lot in our discourse. 
you really see this all over the place and these are cheaper things than love and so it is cheaper to be nice than it is to really care and be kind it is cheaper to virtue signal than to be virtuous because signaling is just not the same it's i'm going to give off this air of virtue but it costs something to be virtuous you <laughs> you have to sacrifice something sometimes you have to spend some time with the virtuous one Christ Jesus. And so these things are cheaper and people flock to them for this reason, I think. But let me give you a hypothetical of how virtue signaling crosses into the category where love should reign supreme and exclusive. Um, and I hope this example is not uh, a reality right now, although it might be down the road. So you all know, we all know what's happening in the Ukraine. If you've been following me here on Sunday Thoughts, sundry politics you've been hearing what's happening uh but just really just look at any news channel go anywhere it's really hard to um to miss these days uh but we know what's happening in the ukraine we know putin is over there being a bully to trying to take the land from the ukrainians and as a result hundreds thousands really thousands of people have died between the russian people and the ukrainian people and here's what's happened a lot of the times or if you go to a lot of, a lot of people's profiles nowadays you will see on Facebook and Twitter and other places, too. I've seen this on TikTok where people's profile pictures have been replaced with the Ukrainian flag. So instead of a picture of themselves, it'll be just a yellow and blue stripe or they have like this kind of cover for your profile picture that um, Facebook has now where you can overlay a little flag on whatever picture you have. And it's a little flag. It's a little Ukrainian flag. And it'll just sit at the bottom or anywhere, I guess, you place it on your profile picture. That's an example of virtue signaling. And if you add a I stand with Ukraine to that profile picture update, you have now successfully virtue signaled. <laughs> and so, of course, you know, people are virtue signaling. And I don't want to say that's a bad thing. Please do not misread me. I think that you should go ahead and put that picture up there. Go ahead and put that flag up there. But remember that this is where the issues come in gas prices are going up. So right now we have gas that's $4 here in New Jersey, where I am. Uh, in California, it's California, it's $6, I believe. Uh, it could be $7 at this point. At the time of this recording, I really don't know. But it could go up to $8 there. It co could go up to $5 here. Who knows? It's very reasonable that it would. And at that point, or at some other point, where some other inconvenience comes in as a result of us standing with Ukraine, <laughs> like we put in our status update. We don't want to start complaining now to the point where we're walking back our support. And now we were all good, but it's been a few months now and it's no longer in vogue to stand with Ukraine. So I know that, like I said, what I said, and like, I still believe that, but like, do what you got to do, whatever that is, Biden whatever that is, U.S. government, to make sure my gas prices are low because I ain't got time for this. It's been some months now and I'm tired of it. That's where you have to realize that the virtue signaling is not love. Because love is not going to say in a few months, well, I know I said that and I put a flag. I, I personally didn't do anything else but put a flag up, write a statement saying I stand with Ukraine. But now that my gas prices, now that you're asking me to do something, now that you're asking me to put my money where my mouth is, I'm no longer that interested. I was when it was like everyone else was doing it. But now, you know, people are 
people have moved on. But people are still dying in the Ukraine. Eh, well, you know, my gas prices. <laughs> and it's not really funny, but it's just how we are sometimes. And I don't cer I certainly do not think that we're there right now. But we have to realize when it comes to love, and this is what I really want you to pay attention to. Uh, this is the big note here. Uh, this is the thesis of this section. Real love is always going to cost you something. It's a matter of time. Real love will always cost you something. Always. And if you think that the cost of it is I wrote a statement, then you're uh, then you're mistaken. I got a friend, uh, Javon, over at Kingdom Kingdom Talks podcast. One time we were talking and we were talking about books we both enjoy reading. And we were uh, we were talking and somebody was like, oh, well, you know, the book cost X, Y and Z. Well, how much does this book cost? And he says something so uh, so poignant. And I never forgot it. I probably never will forget it. He said the true cost of a book is never the price of the book. The true cost of the book is what it takes to follow the advice. That the book is giving the true cost of the book is for you to amend your lifestyle so that you can act in whatever way that the book is trying to make you act. If that book is trying to make you better, whether it's a self-help book, financial book, let's say it's the Bible, you know, for, so we don't have any arguments among the Christians. Anyway, um, the real cost of a Bible obviously is not 1999 or 4999 or, you know, you picking it up at some local church who they're just having a Bible drive. The true cost is, are you going to pray? Are you going to read it? And so love is the same way. It's not the flag that you put that, yeah, you paid something because, you know, you had to actually type out a statement. Good job. But that wasn't the real cost. The real cost is going to come after a while and it's probably not going to come within a week. It's going to come when you have to do something, when you have to give something and do not ask yourself when it comes to love. Hear me very closely. Don't ask yourself what you're willing to say. Don't absolve yourself because of some feeling of benevolence. Ask yourself, what are you willing to give? Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about when I talk about this kind of love. There's a scripture where Jesus says, if someone compels thee to go a mile with them, he says, go with them twain. He says, go with them two miles. And this is not a requirement thing. I think I want you to know if you're thinking about this now as what am I required to do just to make sure I'm being loving? I think you're already kind of off to a potentially wrong start unless you take the word required to mean everything. Everything. Let me give you another example. This is uh, Matthew uh, chapter 18. This is verse 21 through 22. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's 490 times. And a lot of theologians and biblical scholars really point to this scripture and they say the funny thing about this is that this is really a metaphor for infinity. So the number seven, he's not using this, they say, in a literal sense of 70 times the number seven. But as high as you can go, Peter, 
because that's what love is. It's not, well, you know, what technically can I do? Uh, because that's what Peter was trying to do, right? Well, is it seven times? You about to tell me eight times, nine times? No, how about 70 times seven? So just take that and multiply it by this astronomical number. That's how much you should forgive him. And please don't misunderstand me. And I don't want anyone to walk away of this, walk away from this episode thinking that uh, to love someone is to keep uh, <laughs> dealing with, um, you know, toxic behavior or anything like that. But you ain't got to be angry with nobody. It don't matter what they did to you. It don't matter if you can't deal with them because perhaps their toxicity as is at this super high level. Maybe you don't trust them, but that don't mean you don't forgive them. Because remember what we talked about. God didn't call you or me to be mad with anybody. So this is what love is. We have to be and embody this or else it's going to degenerate. It's going to deteriorate into something less. It's going to be a lot of, well, bro, you know, it's all good. Sis, you know, I forgive you. But really, you ain't forgive me. And really, it's not all good. You saying that to me, but I'm feeling something else because that's not really what it is. You're trying to make it OK, but it's not OK. And how does this translate to the love in person on social media? It makes it real. There's nothing worse than somebody faking or feigning love. It is almost the ultimate betrayal. Like <laughs> it's there's there's almost nothing worse because as you have often heard said, the real pain, the real scars, the real hurt, they don't come from enemies. They come from friends because I loved you and I thought you loved me. If you know people who have a habit of. Quote unquote, like forgiving people but they're coming back to you and they're talking about it bringing it up and they're telling you oh they ain't nothing i ain't think nothing of them don't you think that eventually if y'all fall out or if y'all have an issue you think they're gonna treat you differently no sis bro they're gonna treat you the same and they're gonna be good in your face but behind it it's gonna be some malice and it's gonna be some ill will but here's the point. I don't want you to think about nobody else right now. Don't be that person. Don't allow yourself to harbor anger, because if you do, it will make the love wax cold. And here, here's here's where here's what's really important for the gospel. You won't be able to be the light that the Lord is calling you to be. You won't be abundant and free because you'd be weighed down. Finally, and perhaps the most important thing when it comes to this subject of love is to possess it. My brothers and sisters, you cannot give what you do not have. And I feel like in the culture we live in, everyone is demanding the feeling of love. They demand it of their friends. They demand it of their spouses, their significant others. They demand it of their communities. They want their communities to love them and they want to feel the love. And if you don't have it or if you have it in short supply or if you are insecure in your um, in your possession of it. Then it's going to be very difficult for you to give real love and you're probably going to opt for 
niceties. And don't get me wrong, like you can be kind. Obviously, you can be socially acceptable. You can be caring. You can be nice. And all those things are good and they work because there's no excuse for being rude and nasty out here to people. But when you start fielding (laughs) demands for love that you have not shown yourself, you do not enjoy it, then you won't be able to give it. You just simply won't be able to give it. And so you have to make sure that the love you give out is not something you're giving out because you want someone to give it back to you. It should be a natural overflowing of what's already inside of you. Because I think sometimes what happens is that people give the love they want, not knowing that the love they want is not a love they possess. So what, in fact, are they giving? They're not giving really anything, not anything real. They're giving the shadow of it. They're giving the model of it. And they're expecting the real thing in return. And when they don't get it, they're confused. But you never gave it. You gave its look of life. You gave its off brand because you don't have it. And you got to get it. Not because, you know, you need to. I mean, of course, you do need to share it with other people, but you need to get it for you. And that will leave you happier and secure and loving, <laughs> you know. And now when you comment on social media, now when you uh, when you interact with your friends they don't have to demand love and now you got to produce it. It's been produced. It's, it's overflowing in your spirit, in your soul. And now you can give liberally because this is who you are. This is so important because God said in his word, he didn't say he had love. He said he was love. So it's no wonder he keeps giving <laughs> so much of it because this is who he is. And we are made in his image and we cannot give of what we do not possess. So give love, but give the real thing. And you'll know you're giving the real thing if you possess the real thing. In closing, I want to shout out my main man, Christ, who causes us to live in a reality where we don't have to identify. We don't have to be able to identify with that lyric in the song. We don't have to wake up one day realizing that the hate has always been real, but the love that we thought was love has actually been fake this whole time. Because as a Christian, you're able to spend time with the primary source of love. And everyone is not benefited. Everyone is not so lucky to have real examples of love. That might be a remote thing for you to understand if you've had great parents and great family members. But the truth is, is that outside of Christ, there is no guarantee that you're going to get that real love. So shout out to Christ who gives us not only the victory, but the love along with it. And I want to encourage you today, if you don't know him, you got to get to know him ASAP because he's going to do it for you just like he did it for me. So that's going to be it for today's episode. Shout out to y'all for listening. As always, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Check me out on Facebook. Type in Sundry Thoughts Podcast right in the search bar. This will be uploaded there. You know, comment definitely like and subscribe and all that good stuff they say (laughs) in this content creator space i'll see you all in the next episode